0: The Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, or IPCC, has recently issued a series of so-called energy transition pathways. These are routes that society needs to follow to prevent global warming from exceeding the limit at which the world can continue to function. All of these pathways rely on a technology known as carbon capture, which would sequester carbon dioxide released from fossil fuels before it can enter the atmosphere. As a result, there's been significant investment in these technologies in recent years. But some new research from an international team is attempting to figure out if this is actually the right way to go. I, Ben McAllister, spoke to Dennis Chala of Lancaster University.
1: Basically, we compared two technologies, and namely these two technologies were that of carbon capture and storage, which is basically retrofitting the existing fossil fuel power plants, or including in the new ones, a device that captures the carbon emitted. This, of course, has a penalty on the performance of the plant, so on the energy output of the the plant. We compared this energy penalty with those of uh, renewable energy and storage. So there's two
0: kinds of storage you're talking about there, right? One is storage of the carbon that's being pulled out of the fossil fuel plants, and one is storage of the energy that's being generated by the renewables. Right. And how specifically did you do it? What exactly were you comparing across the two different ideas there?
1: In the energy transitions community, there is a, a number that is often referred to, and it's called the EROEI, or the Energy Return on Energy Invested Number. So this number basically gives you how much energy you get from a certain power plant over how much energy went into building that specific power plant. So you get the ratio of of sort of how good is the resource from an energetic perspective in terms of uh, how much you need to invest of the power plant's output to keep running that uh, energy source. So we looked at a number of locations across the world and a number of power plants and then that's how we came up with an overarching comparison.
0: So you're essentially comparing which one is more long-term energy efficient considering with your renewables plants you have to spend some energy to build the stuff that stores that energy and using the carbon capture you have to spend some energy to run the carbon capture. What
1: did you find? From an energetic perspective, roughly the best cases of carbon capture and storage would compare to the worst cases of renewable energy and storage. So we as a society, if we are looking for rather long-term planning, which I think it's necessary in order to tackle the question of climate change, then we might as well start looking at investing into renewables much stronger than we do now and couple those with energy storage devices rather than trying to retrofit the existing fossil fuel power plants with uh, carbon reducing solutions.
0: All right, and we're not talking about an economic perspective on things here, are we? We're talking purely energy conservation, energy efficiency.
1: Yes, that's that's actually a very important point. There's a number of studies which would do this uh, modeling based on an economic perspective. But what we said is that there's actually a lot of uncertainty involved with uh, economics. There's a lot of uncertainty involved with how, let's say, the price of energy storage will uh, play out over the next couple of decades. As we have seen, let's say, for the case of uh, solar PV panels, they have dropped a significant amount. But also the price of, let's say, retrofitting a certain power plant with carbon capture storage technology really depends on the particular parameters of that plant, its size, its location, the specific use case of the plant. So all of this introduces a lot of uncertainty in the cost and then makes a cost-based comparison a little bit more difficult. A cost-based comparison is better for individual power plants. What we are trying to compare here is rather two technologies. So that's why we went for an energetic uh, comparison.
0: I understand that there are essentially two primary types of carbon capture technology that get discussed. There's the carbon capture and storage like you would do at a fossil fuel plant. And then there's also direct air capture, which is scooping the carbon dioxide that's already in the atmosphere out of the atmosphere. Were you guys looking at both of these types of technologies or just one?
1: We were looking only at the carbon capture and storage and not the direct air capture, because uh, we were essentially highlighting how to produce energy. So basically electricity. On the other hand, there's also quite a number of people who who are saying, even if we follow the current path of uh, societal growth and societal decarbonization, we will still go way beyond the limits. We will overshoot the IPCC limit. So in order to actually enter the climate into a stable state, we will have to do some form of removal of carbon uh, from the atmosphere, which would be the, the direct air capture. But in this particular study, we do not touch those.
0: Where do you see the future of this research going?
1: I think in the future it would be quite interesting to increase its resolution a little bit. So you can look at a certain country and you can look at the composition of its power plants and then you can create very specific pathways of, given the resources in the region, what are the technologies that you need to use in order to be sustainable and have a society that is capable of coping with climate change in a carbon neutral way.
0: Great new work which could help us tackle the pressing issue of climate change. That was Denez Chala and that study is published in Nature Energy.